a once in a lifetime. You need to never stop improving. The constant focus on individual growth. How will you be financially free? Welcome to the Empower Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Empower Podcast. I'm so, so stoked for today's show because we have the Kaiden Hansen with us on the podcast. What's up, guys? Good to be here. Dude, it's crazy to come full circle and to be sitting down with Kaiden. We're at the Empower headquarters in Linden. Kaiden's here in the flesh. I'm staring at him across the podcast table. And years later, it's insane to see how big the company's gotten. Like, Kaiden, did you ever think this was going to be the case? Unreal, dude. It's so cool to come here to the office and see how much it's grown from that small team in Victorville with me, you, Brandon. <laughs> Zach was out there, and that was it. There was nothing we, There was nothing tangible really about it. And now to see it grow and freak, dude, we have everything. There's a boat out here. There's jet skis and all sorts of stuff. It's super sick. I, I'm stoked. Dude, it's insane to see us all come full circle and it all happen. Brandon had the vision years ago and express it to us, but it's weird to see it actually happen and come to, like, to fruition, et cetera. And now we're here and everyone's excited to hear from you, Kaid. Everyone really wants to know, how do you lead from the front? How do you be a great leader? And those are two things that you've mastered. I mean, the last couple of years, you've definitely, you've paid your dues as far as leading from the front, selling, putting in accounts, setting, et cetera. But you've also paid your dues as far as being a leader goes and getting out there, being a regional, being a manager, you kind of jumped the ladder. Your first team was a team I gave you a couple of years ago that you led that team well, then you became a divisional and a regional, et cetera, and next year move on again. And so I really want to jump into all of that, but there's a lot of people that know your name but don't know your story. As far as they know your name's Kaiden Hansen, they know you're the man, but they don't know where you're from, where you grew up, how you got involved, what your previous work experience was, things like that. So I just want to kind of start with the beginning. Is that all right? Let's do it, dude, yeah. So originally, you're from Heber, Midway, give or take. Yeah, grew up in Heber. Honestly, my life is pretty typical, man. Like, Heber City is probably the best place on earth to grow up. Like, I can't think of any better place to have a childhood. It's one of those places where you just think, like, wow, it's like a perfect, happy valley, you know? For sure. And so growing up there, I had no worries, man. My whole life was focused on just having fun, you know, grow, growing up, just like, where are the girls hanging out? What are we doing tonight? What are we blowing up or dude, whatever? You guys had some fun in Heber. Like, yeah, it's funny, dude, though, because a lot of guys that work here now, they work, they're, they're from Heber, right? And so it's cool to have some of the homies that I grew up with. I see them every single day and we talk about some of those memories and things that we did growing up. But yeah, I mean, as far as growing up goes, super cool, like place to live and, and grow. Um, but as far as like, launching me in, into a into a career was non it, it didn't exist right yeah. there was like there was no thought of making money or what I would do when I grow up or anything like that it was just kind of a happy just chilling having fun type mentality my whole life and that's kind of the kind of person I was I went on a mission to Mexico and that's there's a, there's a ton of guys out here that served in the same mission as me in Chihuahua and so it's cool to see those guys as well and how everyone grew but it wasn't until I came home where I really worked my first job, and it just happened to be a sales job. I worked at Vivint um, selling security in Mississippi, and I loved it. It went really well. Dude, so you went out for a summer. I didn't actually know that. So you went out for a full summer to Mississippi. A full summer, hot, Biloxi, Mississippi, crazy, dude. Like a super kind of a culture shock type situation, but I really – 
really learned to love that type of just work, right? It was just something I was good at. I was naturally good at it, right? For sure. Which was cool. And so when I got out there, um, I, I, I don't even remember how much I made. All I know is the money I made was gone three months after I got home, dude. I <laughs> came think, home, spent it all. I think it was like 30 grand, dude, and I spent Dang. all of it. Um, and that's really when it kind of clicked in my brain, like, wow, this this money is important, right? This is something that For matters, sure. and this is something that I, like, obviously, it didn't last very long. I need more of this, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of when it clicked in, like, I can, you know, I can trade my time for money and I can work and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But before that point, like none of that, you know, I definitely did not grow up thinking I would ever worry as much about money as I do now, or not even money, just a career. Yeah, totally. You kind of grow up. And as a man, I think for any of us, it's always on the forefront of your mind. Like, how am I going to provide someday? Like, what am I going to do in this big world? For sure. For sure. I mean, you figure out your niche with sales early on. And you kind of stuck with that, right? You came home from that summer event, and what did you do after that? Yeah, so then after that, it was, it was, I was hooked, right? It was just the chase of finding where the next place I could make the most money selling was, which I, it's funny because we recruit a lot of guys that are in that same situation where yeah. they're just, they're always constantly searching and looking for the next best place to sell. And that's what it turned into for me. I, I sold pest control one year. Mm-hmm. I sold um, water softeners. I sold <laughs> on, on the phone selling pest control and yeah. software. I sold, I, I kind of started like after my pest control summer in the middle of my pest control summer, I actually broke my contract with a company and, uh, started selling used cars, kind of started my own little business there. Yeah. But sales was it for me, you know, like that's what I really wanted to do. I was in school. Um, but it was just like, I don't know. I don't even know why I was in school, man. Like I started out, people don't believe me when I say this, but I, I was actually at BYU. I started out at BYU for a full semester and was trying to do a pre-med type thing, <laughs> dude, which is crazy, what? dude. I don't like blood. I, I, I realized early on that it was like the only reason I wanted to be any sort of medical thing is, was for the money, right? Yeah. I just wanted to make a lot of money, which for is sure. the absolute wrong reason to be doing anything like that. And so I realized that early and just, you know, kind of switched to business stuff and sales because I figured that's what I was good at and that's what I wanted to do. And then... It wasn't until like three summers of selling, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's about the time period that it went that I was at the gym working out, getting huge. Um, Huge, massive. Absolutely jacked. And uh, I saw you there Uh because I kind of knew you from from Zach Murdoch. And uh, I was like, what's up, Jake? How you doing? And and you started talking a little bit about solar, which I had been looking into because I was on the chase. Yeah, you're looking for the next best thing. thing. Yeah. And I had already sold with a solar company that year a little bit and I, I, said, absolutely, dude, I, I want to come out and work with you. And you're like, are you serious? Like, it, like I was probably your easiest recruit of all time. Dude, it's crazy to look back at that time and think, I literally was like, yeah, I'm going to go sell solar. And you're like, oh, well, can I come? And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, if you want to come, have, be my guest. For sure. It's crazy to think you are one of my best guys, hands down. Like, everybody in our company knows that Kaiden is my right-hand man. I think that's pretty well known. And that came from literally a conversation at – Provo Va- or Orem Vasa, yeah, right? A couple yeah. of years ago. And it was just, hey, what are you doing this year? I'm going to sell solar. Cool. Can I come with you? Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? It's funny. It, it's crazy because, I mean, we ended up going out there to Victorville and it's a lot of people downplay the risk that we yeah. took, you know, like a guy like me, I was just about to get married. Yeah. Was, me and Taylor were engaged at the time. And to show up to that little house in Victorville and see three dudes there like was a little bit nerve wracking, right? Like I didn't know. Dude, there what was to no think. company almost, right? It was huge very risk, minimal. Huge, huge risk on my part, but 
that's when, I mean, a lot of the, the things I've learned about leadership, they come from watching Brandon that year mm -hmm. and watching how he led just those three guys to build what he has, you For know, sure. from just us three. And obviously we helped out a ton and, and we bring a ton of value to Brandon that way. But the way he led us and the way he always kept us motivated, the way he kept the vision instilled in us at all times um, is something I try to implement with my guys. You yeah. know? And that's that's really where it came from. But without Brandon being out there and doing that, I don't think this company would be where it is. You know, And so huge risk, but it ended up obviously working out. And I'm, I'm super grateful for the opportunity to be out here and have everything that we have. But if, if, if I wouldn't have ran into you at Vasa, we probably probably wouldn't be here. Dude, the whole company wouldn't be here, right? It's crazy, yeah. I mean, that really was the birth. It's I agree with you, everything you said. It was Brandon was an amazing leader for us and we watched him and we kind of formulated our own ideas since then and kind of taken the company where we want to go with him at the helm. But if we wouldn't have ran ran into each other at Vasa, like would we even be here? Would Empower exist? I don't know. <laughs> probably not, like, dude. Yeah. Who knows? It was one of those things that when you really do look back, like it was two people. And yeah. there was no real idea. And it was a new city we'd never sold in. And we were just going for it. And everything was so new. But back then, it felt so right. I, I, I never even, I never second thought, I second guessed it or questioned it. Even though now when I think about it, I'm like, dude, that was crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So now we're here full circle years later. This is Empowers. Brand's been in solar for about four years now. And we're right shortly behind that. And the last four years have been crazy. Like Empower is officially a real company. We're sitting in a building. We have actual leadership. We have guys that know what they're doing, amazing reps that are listening to these podcasts. And so we want to help them. We want to give them the best content we can for sure, hands down. And I think for sure a lot of guys think that you are a great sales guy. And I'm curious, when you're out there selling, just a few things I want to cover is what kind of schedule did you like to follow? What's important to you when it comes to getting accounts closed? How do you get them not just sold but installed, stuff like that? So last year was definitely your big year. That's when you were the GOAT rep, right? Greatest in the company. Yeah. What happened last year? What kind of schedule were you running? What, what did you focus on, et cetera? Yeah, no, it's, it's funny to think about last year and how everything went. Oh, so much work, so much just blood, sweat, and tears yeah. went into those, crazy what was it, 90-something installs, right, yeah. for a year. Um, it's, it's crazy to think about. And I look back, and I'm very sim simple – like the, my schedule and everything, everyone always wants to know the insider secrets and whatever, but I uh -huh. keep everything so simple and I think that's my secret, right? I think that's why I had success selling is that you don't want to overcomplicate this job. Yeah. And it's so easy to do that. And I think, I think a lot of guys fall into that where it's like, oh, I need to tweak this and this and this. But really when it comes down to it, if you, if you keep it stupid simple for yourself, mm -hmm. for your customers, for your reps, it, things go a lot smoother. And I think that's kind of the secret to my success. My schedule was simple, right? I, I mean, I would kind of do what everyone else is doing. I would uh, line it up. I would think of it on a week basis, right? Okay. So on Monday, fill up my calendar, mm -hmm. set all day, crush it. We used to call it meet out Monday. A lot of my guys back in Palmdale will know what that truly means. But <laughs> um, And then on Tuesday and Wednesday, sell as many of those deals that you can, as, as you can that you that you pulled on, on Monday. But on, on those days, the key is to be able to, you want to be the guy they can sell a deal, throw your laptop in the car, go out and set two more. When right? you have extra time. When you have extra time on that on that Tuesday and Wednesday, because that's what's going to really you know push you to the next level. Mm -hmm. Then Thursday, you're kind of running out of appointments, so it's time to set some more appointments, right? So on Thursday, it's a big day to go out and set throw down Thursday, and that's when you're setting six, seven appointments in a day, um, just to get you through the weekend. 
Friday, go out and crush some of those appointments, but still set two, right? Yeah. And then Saturday, clean up everything else. Clean up everything else that might still be on your schedule, and you want to you want to just hit it hard and get everything, tie up all loose ends before Sunday and the weekend hits. Go out, have a good weekend, enjoy the time, and then Monday start fresh, right? For sure. You don't want to really want to worry about things carrying over because odds are they don't close. And, and yeah. from what I've seen, right? And so on a, on a very basic scale, and like I said, I like to keep it simple, and I, that's why I had a lot of success. Is that was it, right? Just really focusing on filling the calendars on those days mm-hmm. and doing what I could on the other days to close those deals. And I I ended up, I mean, in the summertime from like May to August, like I was five a week, every single week. You know, like I don't really remember ever going below five and I had some help from some setters at, yeah for at, sure for the first part but like that was kind of the goal in mind and that was kind of the vision that I had is like if I if I sell below <coughs> I mean if I sell about five a week I'll hit my goals and I did for the most part and so yeah it turned out good and usually if you're going to pull double digit bills like pull 14 to 16 bills 15 ish yeah you're going to usually get five closes you would think yeah. right mm-hmm. if you can have 15 bills pulled 10 sits, close half of them or something. Yeah, that sits was super important to me, right? As the biggest number was double digit sits. Yeah. If I could get double digit sits in a week, I felt like I could close them down. It took a little bit to get to that point where I was closing at least, you know, at a 35, 40%. But I, I was kind of pushed into that, right? I had so many guys counting on me and relying on me yeah. to, to lead them and close their deals that mm-hmm. if I didn't figure it out, they were in trouble. And I w- it wasn't just my income I was affecting, you know, it was everyone's. And so, Hopefully, you know, I did my job and I think I did, right? And we and everyone made some money that year and it was good. Dude, what's crazy too is you did so well last year, but I think a lot of reps, they think that you just showed up in Victorville and were like, yeah, I'm amazing. I sell five bills a week. Yeah. Like that, that's not how it goes. Not I think sometimes reps hear your story or my story or Chandler's Russ or Brandon Andre's story, whoever it is, and they think, wow, they just are so lucky. They're just so naturally good. It's so easy for them. They just woke up one day and did it. But dude, you had a rough start, right? Way rough start. I don't know. A lot of people know. I tell I tell this to a lot of people when they're having a hard, you know, they think they're having a hard first couple of weeks, but nothing compares to my first couple of weeks of selling deals, dude. I sold my first seven deals in Victorville, seven in a row, uh-huh. right? I sold seven. I was feeling pretty good, counting my dollar signs, you know? <laughs> yep. And literally in one week, all seven of my deals canceled. So I, it took me two weeks to build up like selling seven deals, you know. Yeah. But in one week, all seven called me and said, hey, we don't want to do it. So you sold like three it. the first week and four the next week. Yeah. And seven canceled the next week. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Insane, dude. And so I was I was just so distraught. I remember Brandon even came up to me. And he's like, dude, you don't look good. You know, like. like you're not feeling like, good right gotta, now. You got to like brush it off and get back out there. Because yeah. I, was, I was super, super sad, man. And so. It happens, I think, it's, it's crazy how much, like the, with those cancels, people always want to know, like, how do you stop cancels or whatever, but it's crazy how much you learn as you go to stop canceling. It's just those little things that you that you say throughout the throughout your pitch that give people that way out. For know? sure. So I cut all that out, cut, ended up kind of trimming down my pitch a lot, and my cancellation ratio, you know, got better, but... Um, first, first couple of weeks, super, super tough. And I definitely learned all the way. I'm still learning, you know, mm-hmm. every single day how to sell better and how to do better. And I try to get that information to my reps as best as I can. And what's insane is you got better and better throughout the year at your cancellation, but also everything else. And then throughout the end of the year, you were self-genning consistently doing the three-ish a week self-genning. You self-gen like crazy that first year. 
Yeah, yeah. I remember October. Oct- we always October. talk about October, and I, October's coming up, and that's the month that separates the boys from the men, dude. For sure. And uh, I remember I had a really big October that first year, self genning and just working, and that's really where I feel like I honed in my craft yeah. a lot. And uh, so that was a big month. I'm excited to see that happen for a few reps this A lot year. of reps, right? You can have a big fall. And mm-hmm. for you, I think in middle of October, something that's when you got a few setters too. Old yeah. Granite Cole, nobody knows who that is on the call anymore. <laughs> but you were self-genning in June, July, August. Well, you got married in August. Then September, October, you started having a few setters and you started popping off. And the next year is when you really caught your stride, throwing down five deals a week. You kind of carried over that October momentum to the next year, it felt like. Mm-hmm. and really just crushed it. And so, guys, if you're on the call, like, wouldn't you think if these guys are listening to us, they should know that cancels happen at the beginning. Hard weeks Absolutely. happen. Hard months happen. But it's amazing to see where someone can go. Like, in three years, become a regional manager in our company, making quite a bit of money. Kayan doesn't like to admit it, but Kayan does all right. <laughs> and I think it's insane to see the full circle. And so for these new reps that are on here, what advice do you have for them, dude? Well, I mean, I think, I think you got to understand that's not an easy job, right? And I try to make that very, very clear for anyone that comes out here. It's like, this is, as far as like hard jobs goes, like you name a hard job, this is right there, yeah. you know, as far as mentally and physically demanding and just the risk factor, like we talked about earlier, there's so much risk involved. You really have to be all in to make this job work. If you're kind of just dipping your toes in or whatever, you're not going to have success and you're probably going to end up quitting early. Mm-hmm. I remember that first like off, like that first fall, right, where it was kind of like do or die. Like, do I go back to school? Yeah. Do I take, you know, some of these guys that Jake's just the opportunities there for me or mm-hmm. what do I do? And I ended up sticking with the job. And that's really where I felt for the first time, like I'm all in and I made it known to everyone. Right. Yeah. I made it known to everyone that I'm here. I'm all in. This is my only option and I'm going to make it the best option for me. And I think that's what created the success that I had. And so that's what I would say to reps, dude, if you're new, you got to jump in, you got to dive yeah. all the way in, just burn the boats. Quit looking around, right? quit flirting with the opportunities, yep. whatever it is. Yeah. Quit, just burn the boats and get out there and get it done. Dude. It's crazy too. Guys, Kaiden was the biggest shopper of all time. Is that fair to say? <laughs> like, dude, you worked summer sales guys. You were working recruiting meetings. You were going to the jazz games. You were, doing all the free meals you could, all that stuff. Yeah. And I remember meeting, we met with Kaiden in Chick-fil-A. It was our first meeting. And I remember him saying, oh, we want, I need flights. I need this. I need that. What kind of bonuses am I going to get? All this stuff. <laughs> and it's crazy to think now you're so opposite of that. Now yeah. you're like, dude, just put your head down and work. Like yeah. quit asking for stuff. Quit complaining. Like, just like, earn your stripes. Get out there and work hard. And that's when you really start to excel, in my opinion, just watching you as your leader. Yeah. That's when you really started to excel is when you said, I'm not even looking. I'm yeah. done. Like, I am here. I'm all in. I'm going to crush it. Whatever you need me to do, Jake, I'll do. You need me to stay, I'll stay. You need me to go, I'll go. You need me to recruit this guy, I'll recruit him. You need me to run this team, I'll do it. And that's when you and I became great friends and really started to work together. But that's when you blew up, too. For sure. No, I look throughout the company right now and a few names come to mind that have done that early on. And I mm-hmm. think Dan Briggs, I know, you know, Dan Briggs, yeah. he's, he's the man, dude. And I feel like he was, he's a guy like, where do we even find Dan Briggs at? Like, uh, dude, he was working at Honda. He at worked dealer. at Honda Civic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was running around Honda, throwing up with gas and detailing them. Yeah. Cleaning cars. And he was one that just jumped all the way in, you know, from the very beginning. And he, I remember him asking me so many questions earlier on this year when I was kind of more hands-on with the Palmdale team. Now Carson does a great job with those guys, but um, 
he just was all in from the very beginning. He was one you could see very physically that this guy has not in a bad way, but has no other option. Yeah, right? like he's got to figure this out. Has no other option but to figure this out, and it's worked for him, dude. I think Dan's well above 200K already this year. Yeah. And he's still got a lot to go, so stoked for him. But I it, mean, it guys does... like Dan, he went from $12 an hour to $200,000 in a year. Yeah, awesome. And he's 20 years old, and those are the people that really make this job work, mm-hmm. are the ones that say, you know what, I'm going to burn all my boats, go for it. And we've seen that with all of our regional managers and a lot of our managers, right? that have just really gone for it. Mm-hmm. And so now when you're developed and you had that first team, what'd you learn as an early leader? Like what were some of the mistakes that you made as an early leader that you just look at yourself like, dang, how was I so dumb? Or how did I do that? Or why did I say that? Or why was I so greedy or this or whatever it was? Yeah, yeah, no, it's crazy how much abundance comes into play here. Like I, I remember, again, watching Brandon, right? And that's what he just preaches is being abundant with people in general in life, right? Just making sure that people feel like, wow, this guy has my best interest in mind Mm -hmm. and he'll give, if not everything to me, you know, right? And so like, if you can make guys feel like you'll give the shirt off your back for them, Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll work hard and do what they need to do. And I feel like, I mean, I did my best to do that, to mimic that and mirror that early on as a leader. And I, I feel like I've definitely made a ton of mistakes um, but most of the mistakes I've made are with that. Anytime I tighten up or feel like, ah, oh, this rep doesn't deserve this or this mm-hmm. rep's not working hard enough to get this or whatever, that's when I make my mistakes and that's when people get upset with me, right? Yeah. You always, always need to be willing to give your time to make someone else better or happier or more money, right? Yeah. And I think that's that's huge as a leader. I, I, I see that as a big part of being a leader and maybe some of the mistakes that I've made. And then the other part is, Everyone wants to see kind of what we're talking about right now is everyone wants to see a leader that goes all in, right? Same thing, like you can't lead unless you know where you're going and you gotta think way ahead. I know you and Brandon spend a ton of time like in this office just thinking ahead and thinking two years out, three years Mm -hmm. out, right? Of what this company is gonna do and, and be and that's what puts you guys in a position of leadership where people can look at you guys and say, hey, well, these guys are all in. In fact, they have a plan, right? These guys have a two year plan and it helps people want to follow you, yeah. right? It helps people want to want to be a part of this because it, it's it, you feel part of something that's organized and it's a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, like I feel like earlier on in, in my leadership, I might have been in the unknown a few times myself, yeah. which caused my team to kind of you know dip down in numbers or performance or whatever. Yeah, that's a huge huge part. If they don't feel like they know where you're going, they're not going to follow you in general. Yeah. Like if you're not all in, if you're not ready to put up the hours or do the work or do the recruiting or whatever it is, they're not going to follow you. I think there's a quote that you always say. Exactly. Yeah. I got a quote, Joe Montana. It says, to be a leader, you have to make people want to follow you. And nobody wants to follow someone who doesn't know where he's going. Joe Montana, right? There you go. Super, super solid leader. And as far as football goes, football. Yeah. Football. There we go. (laughs) Glory days. So moving on, we learn so much. Like as young leaders, you and I both, we've developed a lot year after year after year. And it's been really cool to watch you. And I feel like you really have mastered the art of giving people your attention and your time. Yeah. As a leader, you got to be kind of selfless because you really aren't their leader. You're their servant. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Yeah. I mean, you're at their call on their bidding on their time. Absolutely. Like when you have a time off, you think you got a day off, they call you, you got to talk to that guy. Absolutely. Or whatever it is. And sometimes you don't always see the result or the reward. Yeah. There's a lot of things that we do as leaders that you don't know is going to come full circle and help you, but it always does. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think think a lot of times where the little things that we do and tweak, 
we a lot of a lot of times we think they're pointless but you got to understand that that rep's time is is way more valuable to them than sometimes we even see and so if you can if if you can treat a, their time like it's your time almost mm-hmm. like if the rep comes to you with a little question or a concern or whatever if you can help them under, if you can help them feel like it's important to you you're going to go a lot further, right? I feel like so many times I get calls from reps and it's just like their little issues are, some, are things that maybe aren't even that important, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's something, an issue with their paycheck, right? And it's yeah. like, holy cow, dude, I have 150 people complaining about their paychecks right now. <clears throat> yeah. But sometimes you have to stop, take a breath, think like, okay, let's let's really dial in on this on this rep and make them feel like I, I really care, you know? And if I can do that over and over and over with my team, that, that builds an army, right? That builds someone that will, you know, that will go, that'll battle for you, go to battle for you. Yeah, and being in leadership, I mean, being a part of this company or selling solar, your life kind of feels like Groundhog Day, right? You do the same thing every day. You wear the same uniform, same pitch, same deck, same problems with customers, and being a leader, it's that same thing with reps. Uh, everyone yeah. has the same issues, the same problems, the same concerns same payroll issues, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. And if you can just treat them like it's the most important thing in the world, like someone would want to treat your problems, you'll usually go far. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what we've all had to learn. The younger you are, the harder that seems to be. Your time is your time and you're selfish and you're not going to prioritize it or you procrastinate something so you don't have time to really answer their questions the way you should or you don't have time to prepare for that meeting or whatever it is. And I think we've all learned, man, you've got to use Covey's Quadrant System You've got to understand what's important, what's not important. You've got to prioritize your time. So when people reach out to you and need help, you can actually help them. You're not scrambling your own life. You have to have your own life under control to help somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I mean, just an example, like right now I'm seeing we're getting to the fall, right? And everyone's mm-hmm. making those plans of what they're doing and where they're going and things like that. And I've seen the teams that are successful in the fall are the ones that have leaders that know what they're doing. And they're very yeah. vocal about it where they're going to their guys and they're like, hey, I'm stoked for September, October, mm-hmm. November. I'm going to win the Masters. I'm going to make this much money in these next four months. I'm going to set this many appointments, work this many hours. And they have it mapped out just how you and Brandon have the company mapped out. They have the next four months mapped out. Yeah, Those are the teams where their reps are staying. You know, They're not going anywhere for this offseason. They're going to be here. They're going to all hit their goals. They're all going to make their money. Any team where there's a leader that doesn't see that or have that vision or have that, you know, honed in and dialed in, their guys are like, hey, I'm getting my house ready for college, you know, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I'm just going to bail. They're not going to make that sacrifice because they don't see someone else bought in. For sure. And same thing huge. on the rep level, right? Like if a rep doesn't know his plans, it's hard to get out and work today. Like you don't yeah. know your goals. You don't know your plans. You don't know mm-hmm. what you're going for. It's hard to get out there and really be motivated. Yeah. I think that oftentimes in solar, we talk about how you make too much money. Yeah. Dude, That's something true. I want to talk about with you for a second is now that we're a little bit older, we understand money and financials a little bit more intense. Wouldn't you say it's so easy to fall into that trap of, wow, I made a hundred grand, I'm rich. Yes. Holy cow. It's crazy. I remember when I first hit that, got that first paycheck, you know, yeah. and it was like 25 grand and I was just done, you know, I got <laughs> I mentally did, checked did out, not work that week, you know, like, and it happens to everyone. I think you, you slowly learn to hold value in other things other than money, yeah. right? As the job goes. And I think as, as managers and leaders, we need to instill that into our reps early on. And I think we do a good job of this, but that's why we have competition, right? That's why we have incentives. That's why we have things like that, that people can work for. Like 
yeah, it's a pair of AirPods that are worth 200 bucks and you'll probably make 30 grand trying to earn them. <laughs> but those but, are worth 30 grand oh, to you. But those AirPods, dude, like that's that's what you got to focus on, winning that competition and just like being the, ring, the, being the man, the rings, the trophies. We do all this cool stuff. My goat head, dude, out here, like that's what I work for. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't work for the money, you know? For sure. And that's what pushes you because, geez, like you make, you make half a million dollars and most people would stop, right? Exactly. If you didn't have other things motivating you and pushing you, so. And you realize too, like when you get to the real world and you're actually looking at your financials and everything else, you start to realize, dude, 100 grand goes quick. Yeah. Like wow. in the real world, investing and buying stuff and trying to get ahead or whatever, even trying to get married and stuff like that, right? Like $100,000 isn't what you think it is yeah. in this day and age. Especially when you got an expensive wife like mine. Dude, dude. especially that. <laughs> like you've got to be ready to make more. And so if you're listening to this podcast, you're like, dude, you know, I've already made 100 grand this year. I think I'll just go back to school and coast or whatever it is. You will start to realize quickly that 100 grand goes fast. I mean, you just bought a house or you're under contract right now for a house this week. I did, you're feeling yeah. that pain right now. You're yeah, trying crazy. to move, you know, you're trying to get some things going investment wise and you also, you do things like that. And that's when you start to realize, wow, I'm broke again, quick. Yeah. Yeah. The money, the money definitely, again, you can't gauge what you're doing and how you're working off money. Cause it's just so, it's not, it's not really tangible. Like the things that we can focus on here, right? There's so many things that we can base our, 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 growth on performance and and leadership and relationships and incentives and all these other things that we can focus on growing and kind of measure our our growth off other than money. Yeah. And you'll get so much further that way. You know, if you can just focus on building relationships daily, right. Or Mm -hmm. reading a book or whatever, you know, like the education job gives you is almost more valuable than the money too. Absolutely. Right. Like who you've became, you're like, I'm super proud of you. You are not the same guy that I met, you know, and yeah. that alone is worth any money you've made. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of reps that are out there. Like, guys, what you're learning right now during this pivotal time in your life when you're trying to figure out yourself, you're trying to make a name for yourself, I also agree, Kaiten, I don't know if you'd agree, but I also think that whenever reps come here, however they perform at this job is probably how they'll keep doing things the rest of their life. Like, you're yeah. kind of setting the stage a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. It is. I mean, whether we like it or not, like, this is a starting job right it's a yeah. startup career and it's a it's it's going to build habits that are going to you know grow, grow into the rest of your life and i see i've seen too many reps that are not successful here and they think oh, i'm going to go somewhere else and just kill it for right? sure i'm not going to give this one time to figure it out i'm just going to go yeah and let's be honest dude, they never do they no. never figure it out they're, they're the ones that you see like on a three week long like tour of all the national parks doing nothing you know <laughs> for sure for sure i think it's so it's so obvious the guys that are going to figure it out yeah. and make it work but there's also curveballs yeah. and when we talked today zach lewis yeah broke the record he broke my record dude kind of pissed about it but also stoked for him dude that stood for a long time that was two years yeah two years multiple years running and it was there but now he crushed it but Zach was one of those guys that he's a stud, but who would have thought, you know? Yeah. So absolutely. just because you're out there for month one, month two, month three, and you're still like trying to figure it out, having a hard time working, having a hard time prioritizing your time, time management's tough, you miss your family, that doesn't mean you can't pop off and be one of the biggest reps in the company. Yeah. No, absolutely. You can never decide who's going to do well and who's not. It's just, it's all about the people who, you know, catch that vision and go and get it, right? For and sure. So, yeah, I don't know. It's tough to it's tough to know, but I, I'm super stoked for Zach, dude. That's a that's a huge huge week. I'm curious now. 
you really want to see a lot of your guys succeed and keep on succeeding. I know that's one of your whys. But as these reps continue to develop, where do you see the company going in the next couple of years? Like, where do you see yourself being in two or three years? Dude, I mean, there's so many things that are changing behind the scenes even that we honestly probably can't even talk about quite yet. But I, I feel like the way I, the way I want my guys to grow is, is more on an individual basis, right? I, I, look for, I look for my guys to grow individually more than I look for at my region as a whole growing, mm -hmm. right? Like if I can just pick out one guy and be like, I, want, I really want this guy to be able to like sell five deals in a week, you know? And I, I watch him and I work with him until they do that. That obviously helps my region grow. But more importantly to me, like that's what makes my job rewarding, right? It's, it's just watching one guy and helping one person grow every single every single day. And I, yeah, I mean, honest, that's another thing. Beside the money, right? That's why I'm still here, is because of that just fulfilling, rewarding, like leadership position that I'm in that just helps you know where I can help other people have the yeah. same success, right? And life seems to have a little bit more meaning when you. I mean, you've created a baby essentially, right? You created this region within Empower yeah. that's functioning and you love and you care about. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of guys in our company, they, they're looking for that like desire to succeed and to have something that's theirs. Mm -hmm. And this is an amazing place to do it. Mm -hmm. Like there is, I mean, you've been all over the place at Vivint doing pest control stuff, car sales, whatever it is. There really isn't anywhere quite like this opportunity. Like, this is unique, dude. No, absolutely not. Yeah, never and ever in a million years would you find an opportunity like this, especially for guys in my region on on the teams that are in my region. Like, I just try to I try to get across to them every single day the opportunity at hand to yeah. work where they work and and with the people that they work with. It's incredible. They have such a huge opportunity and they're just set up. You know, like I'm so happy for them just to think about how set up and dope their life is could be. You yeah, because as you start to get older and see more and be in the industry for longer you start to realize, wow, now I've made pretty good money for not just one, not just two, three years or four years or however long, and you start to use it. And then you can kind of really be the older brother of these guys and say, dude, look what I've done. Like, look what I've been able to accomplish. You could do the exact same thing. Like, don't you think anyone on this call could be a Kaiden Hansen? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Like get out there, start selling hard. So guys, we gotta wrap this um, podcast up a little bit shorter than most of our series. But it was really cool to have you, dude. No, absolutely, dude. I'm stoked to be on here. It's funny, like, as you grow as a leader, when you start, you're like, you're on the highlight video every, every week and your name's on the numbers board and stuff. And you, you learn that, you know, that's cool. But what, what, really, what really matters is to be able to just help your reps. And hopefully this podcast help, helps a few people out in, yeah. in leadership or sales or however it can. Just want to give one more shout out to the RIP region. I hope I don't know. I don't know if anyone knows what the RIP region stands for. A lot of people think it means rest in peace, but obviously none of us are are resting out there. We're all working hard. The RIP region stands for resilience, intentional, and perfection is what we strive by in the RIP region, and uh, we'll we're gonna keep ripping out there. So everyone, have a good one. All right, guys. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you for tuning to the Empower Podcast. There's a bunch of cool stuff coming out on the education calls and success calls, so keep listening. A once in a lifetime, you need to never stop improving. The constant focus on individual growth. How will you be financially free? Welcome to the Empower Podcast.